Welcome back to Split Decision. This week on episode 34, we're going to recap UFC Mexico, Roy Val versus Moreno 2. Then we're going to draft our top five. And this week with the UFC back in the apex, we're going to be a little bit creative like we usually do. We got top five UFC belt holders. After that, we're going to take a look at UFC Vegas 87, Rosenstruck versus Gaziev. And after that, we'll do stakes and takes, where we're going to give you our top bets ahead of this week's games, and then we'll settle up last week. But first, as always, we'd appreciate it if you'd like some subs- like and subscribe. Then, if you're feeling fancy, head to splitdecisionpod.com, where you're going to find all of our recent podcasts, our top five graphics, a couple t-shirts. Again, that's splitdecisionpod.com. Alrighty, let's go! So the UFC returned to Mexico City this weekend. It was a great crowd, pretty good fight card. A lot of exciting fights happened. Let's start with the prelims. Alex, what happened in the prelims? A lot of good things. Mahamajan Hillman Naimov, he proved he was the real deal against Eric the King Silva. Naimov is from Tajikistan. He invaded this king's land early, and he was swinging for the hills, man. After a spin kick, or a misspin kick, a takedown, and a leg injury... To Silva, Naimov was crowned 3-0 in the UFC. Next up, we got a fight that really helped us get our name. Felipe Lipe Detona Dos Santos, he defeated Victor El Magnifico Altamirano. And that's by split decision. Shout out. That was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. I'm happy I got it all across that time. In this closely contested fight, both fighters were El Magnifico. But Lipe Detona was more explosive, winning the fight 29-28, 29-28, and 27-30 on the judges' scorecards. Another flyweight fight was up next, featuring Ronaldo Lazy Boy Rodriguez versus Denise Psycho Bondar. The Lazy Boy came in laying into Bondar, asserting pressure deep into the second round. After some shots, he gained the rear naked choke, reclining Bondar back and securing the submission with only one second left in the round. If you're a real psycho, you're going out if you ask me. That's fair. That's a fair assumption. But I've also never been choked out, so it kind of leaves that up. You want to change that? Not tonight. All right. uh, What's the rapper's name? I'm a killer. I'm going to choke you, but I'm no killer, baby. Yikes. Ice Spice? There you go. With no fights over lightweight. We've got another flyweight. Claudio Prince of Peru Puelez fought Ferris Smile Killer Zion. With the Prince of Peru working takedowns but not much else, a split decision is well expected here. The Smile Killer had nobody laughing as he took home the decision, showing that a lot of activity will score you points. But it depends on who's judging the fight. Fair, fair. Edgar Piero Chicales Chárez had his rematch against Daniel Miojo da Silva. And in my opinion, this fight, even with the quick stoppage from the last one, went back down the exact same way. With Daniel Da Silva having no mojo, getting subbed after trying to shoot takedowns the whole fight. It happens. Jesus Santos Aguilar turned control into points, and he fed on Mendoka's determined takedown approach in the next fight. 
Jesus cast out Mendonca's demons to win another fight by split decision. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Wrapping up the prelims, Rayoni Barcelos fought Christian El Nino Problema Quinones. This was a closely contested fight with both having high points throughout the fight. Quinones faced one El Nino Problema when a leg kick got caught in the third, forcing him to the ground. Barcelos quickly cinched up the rear naked choke to steal the judges' spotlight for this one and the victory. And I think that pretty much wraps up our prelims. So that wraps up the prelims. Pretty good prelims, exciting stuff happening. Let's move on to the main card, the main card opener. Manuel Torres, Chris Duncan. This one was a chaotic fight. They started out, both guys swinging, both guys connecting on the feet. I yeah, mean, there it was kind of out of control. Both guys were just like... It was aggressive. They were willing to get hit. They were both hit pretty hard, too. And then Manuel Torres, he got on Chris uh, Duncan's back. Quickly. Kind of got a hold of him. And once he got a hold of him, it took a little while. He got him to the ground. Once he got him to the ground, it was done. He got the first-round submission. Uh, it was an impressive performance from Torres. Had the crowd with him. He showed the hype is real for him, El Loco. Still only 28 years old. I mean, this night went about as good as you could hope for if you're Manuel Torres. Yeah, for sure. A, a quick sub for me. That's his third. He's 3-0 in, in the UFC now. All three first-round finishes. That's good. I mean, obviously that's good. First-round finishes are what you want. If you're going to be a star in the UFC, especially in the smaller divisions, they don't want a whole bunch of decisions. Manuel Torres, highlight reel. I mean, they got... Didn't they get uh, one of the fights of the nights? A performance so. bonus of the nights? He called out Patty Pimblett. Or maybe he didn't call him out. There was one who called him out. I think that would be a good fight, Patty Pimblett. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. Um, I think so. Especially maybe, if you're a guy trying to get your name out there. Maybe Elvis Brenner or Drew Dober, you know, just to kind of mix up a couple other names. Elvis Brenner's also 3-0 and in the UFC. So if you're trying to figure out, you know, who's difference who? of styles, if, if you're going to you know, give him a different style matchup. We could we could go either way. This was the next one had the largest odds on the entire card. Hiragi Hughes. Yeah, Yasmin Yuregi versus Sam Hughes, the Louisiana native. Um Yuregi, she threw very precise strikes throughout. She had good pressure and she just showed like that she's in a different uh like complete complete game. Than yeah, Sam this Hughes. one was a boxing match the whole way through, stayed on the feet. Hughes I think her game plan was to try to get Hiragi to the ground, but she couldn't get even close to her. Hiragi was faster than her. She controlled the octagon so well. She was faster than her. She had better footwork. She was beating uh, Hughes up. It was a very impressive performance for Hiragi, and I think you're right. This was just goes to show you uh, there's levels to this, and Hiragi was at a different level than Hughes. So who do you think Hiragi fights? I think Molly McCann. New to the division, just got her first, you That'd know, be a good win fight. in the division. Maybe JJ Aldrick or th- Michelle Waterson Gomez. I think she probably wants Waterson Gomez the most because that's the biggest name. Uh, I'm gonna keep throwing that out there until I'm right. Yeah, I mean it's gonna come up eventually. Horegi though, this was a nice performance from her. She's coming off of her first career loss. We've said it before. It's always interesting to see how that goes, especially I was when a you get knocked second, out in 20 seconds. Yeah, from Denise, Denise Gomez. That was a, a brutal knockout. So it was a great performance from Hiragi. I think she's still only 24 years old, 
So she has a lot of potential. Any of those names sound good. I would like to see her fight Molly McCann. Uh, but Michelle Watterson Gomez also is a good fight for her, I think. Yeah, I agree. So the next fight was supposed to be Raul Rosa Jr. versus uh, Ricky Tercios. Tercios, how do you say his last name? I think both of those would get you past in an airport. But minutes before, literally minutes before the fight, uh, yeah, they Rosa, were about to do the walkout. Rosa became ill. They scrapped the fight. They actually moved it to the. We're going to actually cover it this week because they moved it to this week. So instead, the next fight was Francisco Prado, Daniel Zell Huber. And this was probably one of the most exciting fights of the night. On the feet, both guys hitting each other. And it was also one of the most impressive performances. Zell Huber, he showed he's the real deal. He, he was really so, did. so impressive. He used his reach to an advantage. Uh, he w- ended up winning by decision. Uh, I think 29-28 on every scorecard. Yeah, it definitely was right on the judges' scorecards. He pretty much closed both, by the end of the fight, Prado's eyes. Yeah, pretty much. They have the, the meme, not meme, but the like video circulating. The coach was saying, like, you don't need your eyes. Just get in there, get close, and swing. Like, just He he knows like you need to get in Pro- there and get some points or, yeah. or finish. Prado showed his toughness. He had uh, power. A bunch of power. power. Zell Huber had to survive a lot in the first round. Uh, that's what I was about to say. I think Prado got the first round, but then Zell Huber, once he uh, established his jab, and Maybe. he hurt that eye. He yeah. cut him in the second round. It was done after that. Zell Huber controlled the, as you said earlier, about the, uh, the precision Uregi here. controlled the octagon, used his reach. Yeah. Because there was an obvious huge reach uh, advantage in this fight. One of, the, one of the big things with Zell Huber, you know, you go to the corner, you listen to your coach, you make some adjustments, and then the, they work. Well, I mean, that, that changed the whole tide of the fight because you, you go into the second round down if you're Zell Huber in this one. You have great adjustment. You, like you said, you, you figure out the jab. At that point, you're striking with high-level precision, and you're just you're tearing him apart for, for the rest of the fight. It was, so that's, it was a very good turn of the tides for, and a very good fight of the night. That's three straight wins for the Mexican Zell Huber, still only 24 years old, 15-1. and one. So this Overall, was the call three out. and one in the UFC. This was the Patty Pimblet call out. Zell Huber is the one who wants Patty Pimblet. I think that's a great fight for him. It's it's the right name for sure. You know, you got Patty Pimblet, who's been on a tear in the UFC. You know, he's a fan favorite. Say what you want, he's undefeated in the UFC. Yeah, I mean, coming off of a, he beat Tony Ferguson up. I think Patty's a good option. Ludovic Klein, another good option, or maybe even a, a fellow. You know, fellow fighter on this card, Farah Zion. I think Farah Zion would be a good fighter. He's you know showed poise in the UFC as well. They're they're close to the same level. You know, I think it would be interesting. But his call out, Patty Pimblett, I think is probably the most likely fight to make next. I think so too. And Zell Huber, he was one of many young Mexican fighters that really put on a performance in this card. And it shows you the future's bright for uh, Mexican MMA, especially these young guys coming up. And, and women. Dude, the, the crowds with Mexico, like we were saying before when we were previewing, the crowds are crazy. They were crazy. They had nice chants going on, singing. It was A couple awesome. brawls. So let's move on to the co-main event. And this, honestly, was maybe the most surprising result. Of the, I don't even know why it was that surprising, but it was surprising to me. Yair Rodriguez, El Pantera, loses by, you guessed it, choke to Brian Ortega of T-City. T-City got him in a triangle. Uh, this was an interesting fight. Brian Ortega, is he back? Maybe. The first round, it looked like Ortega was about to get knocked out. I mean, Yair right. Rodriguez, probably the first two minutes, 
it was all survival for Brian Ortega. He got dropped. Uh, he got kneed in the face. He was up against the fence. He looked like he didn't know where he was. But by the end of the first round, Ortega had uh, Yair on the ground, and he had control. But I still think Yair won the first round. Second round, Ortega dominated. Maybe not dominated, but he controlled the second round. Yeah, he definitely controlled it. Got his ground game going. Got some ground and pound. And in the third round, Yair was done. I think he was spent. It looked like he kind of blew his load in the first round. Ortega was still strong. Got him to the ground. And it kind of seemed like Yair, once Ortega got him to the ground again, Yair, I don't want to say gave up, but his his will was killed. No, I definitely agree. I, I, I think by the second round, the tide started to turn, and T-City would, did what T-City does. You know, he forced Yair to the ground. He didn't get the triangle choke, but he did get, you know, the choke to get the sub and to immediately assert himself back into title contention. I mean, it's as much as I'm not a fan of him as a fighter, all respect. Like I, I don't hate him for, for that. That's great. And ass this fight. is coming off. He respect had a little adversity him. before the fight even started during, during like the uh, announcing, like when Bruce Buffer was doing this thing, he twisted his ankle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, you never want to see that the fight in like that. You know, you never want to see a fight end with an injury at all. You want to see it go out like that. And then he almost kind of choked Jair to death. Yeah, it's like he wouldn't stop. He, <laughs> he uh, said his ears wouldn't pop from the flight or something like that. Yeah, they were trying to pull him off, and he got a he couldn't couple hear. extra seconds in there. Yeah. Who but do you think is uh, is he going to fight next? Does he saw, fight Volk, Volk off the loss to kind of get the redemption there? I don't think he fights Volk. The odds came out today. And he has the best odds to fight Ilya in his in Ilya's first uh, title defense. Okay. He, he was like plus one fifty, and I think Volk was like plus two hundred. So, so I, I, don't I think, think Volk a, gets the immediate shot, but I do think he deserves a rematch with how how he's fought in his entire career. I, mean, I agree too, but I would like to see. I, I think I wouldn't be mad if Ortega got a shot at him. No, after this performance, I agree. We we I think both of us were kind of poised to say that Yair deserved the a title of this shot. Fight, yeah, had a claim at a title shot against a new champ. Uh, if not the title shot, I think Ortega could face Volk again. You know, kind of a changing of tides. If Volk's going to lose again, have Ortega, you know, be the guy to at least avenge his own loss. Um, or Mosvar Evloev. Evloev. Him versus Evloev would be a good fight. I know we've spoken about that a couple of times. He's undefeated as well. He's a monster. He's or, a ground guy. It'd be two ground guys. Give Brian Ortega a chance to avenge his loss to Max Holloway. I mean, that would be a good fight, but Max just beat him up so bad. I just, I always want to see Max fight. If, I, if Max is anywhere near the discussion, I promise you I'm going to bring yeah, it up. I mean, I, I'm always going to tune in for a Max Holloway fight. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on. Main event. I think uh, before we go there, though, I do think Brian Ortega getting a title shot is most realistic. But any of the fights, I'd be happy to see. As much as, you know, I don't want to necessarily. All right, main event. Roy Val Moreno 2. I think setting up more Val Moreno three, my next four years. I mean, Brandon Moreno, it seems like every other fight is either a split decision, very close loss or a draw. He is the <laughs> grudgiest man I've ever. He's like, I will not move on. And he's unless, so nice. Yeah. Give you a heart while he's killing you, I guess. Yeah, it was a good fight. Um, it was a good fight. Very close fight. I think Moreno won the first two rounds, and then Roy Val kind of— Roy Val attempted 556 total strikes. It was Roy Val had the volume. Moreno had a little more power. Yep. Um, but it just seemed like Roy Val 
did not slow down at all as a fight. If anything, he he, he kind of picked up as the fight went on. Yeah, uh, Moreno, it's crazy. He, it's I don't want to say it like this, but it's almost as if he cannot be finished. Yeah, I mean he's not you. You're not going to finish him. Yeah, he's like I I don't know what you like. It's crazy. If he's, Davis and Figueredo didn't finish him, like I, I don't think anybody's going to finish him at this weight class. Yeah, um, I mean the the flyweight division is continuing to be. I mean, these the two guys weirdest, are right. The weirdest, most interesting division there is. You're these two have, guys are right there. Like, yeah, still Pantoja, right there. It, Pantoja has Pantoja a win over both. Pantoja was at the fight. Yeah, because he was he knew, ready for a call. He out. knew he was like, I'm probably going to fight one of these guys again. Yeah, so he, he's having a, he's watching game live. That's what he's doing. He's getting tape. He knows that no matter what happens, he has to be I ready. I do like they put the camera on him and he just held up 5-0 and because oh, he's 5-0 and oh against those two exactly. guys combined. So... If if you're getting another, and that's the thing for Pantoja, if you're defending the title, you you're gonna cement like cement your legacy. You're gonna go three and zero against one, maybe four and zero against one, because those guys are gonna keep knocking on the door until they retire. Yeah, but saying that, I don't think Roy Val gets a title shot next after this win. So I think maybe if he had a crazy finisher, Brandon Moreno, he would get it. But I just don't think he did enough in this fight to get a title shot. Well, obviously Moreno didn't. So I think. The next fight they do is... You think they fight the third time? Brandon Moreno, Brandon Royval 3. Probably in the summer at UFC Noche. Maybe in September, like it was last year. Get oh, yeah, they in, announced that it's UFC 306. Three, oh, they, they're giving it a full pay-per-view this year. Nice, 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 nice. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's probably where we're going to have it. We're going to see UFC Noche, Brandon Moreno, Brandon Royval 3. Not a main, not not the main event, but probably a co-main. I think it's going to be a Alexa Grasso main event, to be honest with you. Yeah, and you know I wouldn't be surprised about that, honestly, but especially dark. with the way Brandon Moreno's her, her dark. And honestly, we say beautiful eyes. We say Brandon Moreno. Royval did the same thing, just one less guy. I mean, he's fought Pantoja a couple times. Yeah, absolutely, fought. and he fought Davidson Figueredo as well. Yeah, so it's the same division, very contested as always. It just. It, it's frustrating when you see like, no the, same blood, three the same three guys. guys just staying at the top. Yeah, which is cool in some ways. All right, so with the UFC's return to the Apex this weekend, we got to get creative with our top fives, and we went super creative by going top five UFC belt holders. Super creative was being sarcastic, by the way. Facetious. Facetious. That guy looks tall. So let's get it started. I think you have the first pick, belt holders. So that doesn't necessarily mean champ. That just means you have to be in the UFC. You got to hold a belt. Technically, I guess anybody can because they go on stage and they wear belts. So, you know, take it how you will. So I'm going to be honest with you. I took it as vague as possible because most fighters have like a black belt or a blue belt in some way, shape or form. That so counts. This list could be wild. So it's, I think you have the first pick, so let's go ahead and get it started. Your number one top five UFC belt holder. This can be all time as well, too. My favorite UFC belt holder, or the most iconic, goat-worthy to me, John Jones. I mean, that's not a bad pick. He's up there. He's got like 13 title defenses. I looked it up earlier to confirm it. How many arrests does he have? Probably 13 as well. You're hitting that solid, you know, Taylor Swift's favorite number, 13. John Jones, 13 belt defenses. What's better? I mean, in terms of inside the octagon, you can't fault the pick at all. 
he's literally the probably the best in a fighter of all time. But as far as like good people, he's not <laughs> a great people. Not a great people at all. Uh, especially if you're a comedian. Being, yeah, he just got like hammered and heckled. It's gonna ruin your show. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> but John Jones, I mean, he's a great fighter. What can you say? Yeah, we're not we're not talking about what they do outside of the cage. We only I'm only worried about inside the cage. So your number one pick, the one one is John Jones. My number one pick is actually gonna be my guest pick this week. Nice. Ooh, Clara. Clara moving up in the ranks. Clara moving up in the ranks. She gave me a very good pick. Uh, being that she is French, she picked one of the only French-speaking champions that we've had. Uh, I wrote it down already. Number one for me is going to be George St. Pierre, GSP, the French-Canadian. Uh, he, We talked about John Jones being a great champ. GSP's a great champ, but he's also something John Jones isn't, which is a great person. Uh, everybody loves GSP. He yeah, was fair. one of the most dominant champs of all time. Uh, iconic UFC champ. Like, even... He was before the age of the UFC getting super popular like it is now. But still, he was the guy that, like, non-MMA fans knew, GSP. So my first pick is going to be George St. Pierre. That's, that is a good pick. I, I, I can't argue with that at all. Iconic champ. Really put helped spread the word of UFC, you know, help get it mainstream, help make it what it is today. You know, one of those Chuck Liddell types. And he retired on top, which is something you don't see a lot. Yeah. Which not, is a good thing being like, you never saw him deteriorate. Right. Yeah. You And you still see him like in great shape, you know, yeah. like there are always rumors. Like they were saying there was rumors of him coming back for UFC 300. Yeah. That's nuts. I hope <laughs> he doesn't. He's not, but like there were I hope rumors. he never like, would. Like he never even consider it. Yeah, but that's GSP, a, no, GSP's a great pick. My number one pick, courtesy of Clara. Thank you. Um, good job, Clara. Nice, was a nice, good pick. nice was pick a good for pick. sure. My second pick is another icon of the same era as GSP. He was probably the most entertaining fighter to watch of all time. And he was also a guy that non-MMA fans knew and still know. I'm going Anderson the Spider Silva, my number two pick. Um, I mean, you look at guys like Israel Adesanya, any like striker in the ufc now they'll say their inspiration the guy they grew up watching was anderson silva uh he had one of the most dominant runs of all time he was unbeatable at one point uh likable guy funny guy just so fun to watch anderson silva my second pick that's another very good pick i i have no nothing really bad to say about it that he's you said everything good there is to say damn Anderson Silva is a great pick. I was gonna, I was hoping you didn't do that because I was gonna use him as my number two as well. So, so speaking of your number two, what is it? My number two is Conor McGregor. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, you know, iconic fighter. He, if we're talking about popularized the sport of UFC, he put it on the map. <laughs> put made, it on the map, but he wasn't the best fighter. Made his biggest name from beating Aldo. Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo, however you want to say it. I mean, not the best fighter, but the biggest name, the biggest showcase. You know what's the interesting thing about him? What? Zero title defenses. I know. Every time he's held the belt, he's lost it. He's or, lost or, or had to vacate it, it because he was inactive for too long. Yeah, I know. That that's that's the one kind of blip on his career, but that's it's okay. Conor McGregor I mean, he's is, a good pick. He's no, notorious is the perfect nickname for that man. He's by far the most popular fighter. 
So not a bad pick, Conor McGregor. What you got for number three? Number three, I got to go with Khabib. Khabib Nurmagomedov. How do you put Conor ahead of Khabib? Habib. Notoriousness, iconicness. Habib beat him in the submission. Yeah, like he did everybody else. But you know what else Khabib did? Retired on top, 29-0. Undefeated. Undefeated. After his dad died, he swore he'd never fight again. And he's holding himself to that word. That's actually the most badass thing he can do. Number three for me is going to be Khabib. Never lost a fight, so he's up there. Hardly ever lost a round in the UFC. Yeah, really, like lost two or three rounds ever in the UFC. One of those two, our boy, Dustin Poirier. Shout out. Khabib, number three. I mean, that's not a bad pick. I can't even argue with it. Uh, Khabib's the man. So my number three, this is where I could go a lot of different ways. I'm not sure where I'm going to go. I'm still trying to decide. I mean, you could go somewhere like Arnold Allen, who's never had a <laughs> UFC, belt, close to a UFC belt, but he has like a black belt. I could, I could. You could go with Bruce Buffer, who always wears like a very nice belt. A very nice belt, at least like a Louis or something. So my number three pick is going to be the most dominant woman's fighter of all time. Not the most popular, but the most dominant. My number three is going to be Amanda Nunez. I love that pick. She had two two weight classes of belts. Which is 135, 145. It's rare in men's. You know, there's pretty much two, I think three, two of the two of the three people on both of our lists or each of our lists have, you know, had multiple belts, McGregor, GSP and Silva, right? And now Nunez. I mean, that's rare, but for, for a female Jones. to have that is like even rarer. You know, they made a whole different weight class for them. And then as soon as she... It looked like she was on the decline, and she lost. She came back and beat the shit out of Juliana Pena. She did. And then, and then silenced her. Yeah. Well, not she didn't silence her because Pena still talked for well, some reason. Silenced her, 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 the weight of her words. I should yes, say. Yes, exactly. So Amanda Nunez, a great champ, the best woman fighter of all time, most dominant one of all time. So that's my number three. And now I got to think about a number four. Yeah, you do got to think about a number four. But there's a lot of people left on the list. My number four is going to be another double champ. Oof. This guy had a light heavyweight and a heavyweight belt. Mm-hmm. He's from our hometown. I'm going Daniel D.C. Cormier as my number four pick. It's a good pick. He's a great guy. Great guy. Almost He's illiterate. Great commentator. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Great commentator from Louisiana. As we said, two belts, which is something that's very rare to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how can you not like D.C.? No, I love DC. He's great. He's great so personality. funny. He's a him great... and Joe Rogan are the best. People hate on him as a uh, commentator duo, but I think they're the best. Uh, but DC, my number four pick. Yeah, that's that's nice. Who you got number four? Kamara Usman. It's a good one. Uh, he was iconic in the new age of the UFC, which most of my people have been, but iconic for... Title defenses. Had but one of the most dominant runs. I was going to uh, say, like, 19 or 20 win win streak. 170. It just crazy. The one thing I hate is as soon as he lost the belt, they just completely turned on him. I'll never, like, and now he's back looking great, even though he lost his last fight out. Looks great, but, you know, 
They just they completely turned this is on. How him. MMA is? Yeah, it's wild. But it yeah, is wild. Had, like you lose one. Like look at Bulk now. Yeah, you barely like you really lost that fight. But Usman, you know, great great sh- uh, shooter, I should say, um, great fighter. You know, he d- he did the job where he needed to do it. It's a good and pick. that one head kick just just flipped everything for him. And he was dominating. Just think, he might. Still he be was champion. dominating all five <laughs> rounds of that fight. He was about to just walk into the into his twentieth straight win, his sixth title defense. And it, it was crazy. And it ended because Edwards, you know, clipped him. And that's what happens. That's you what know, happens. that's, 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 that's why we game. love the fights. But Usman, that's a great pick. I, I love Kamara Usman. So who's your number five pick? Your last pick, man. This is another one that that's tough. Five, you know, there's there's so many people on the list that that are deserving of a spot. I gotta go with Alexander Volkanovsky. It's a good pick. I was thinking him. He, you know, you mentioned him. I think he's the best 145 of all time. He's definitely in the mix. He's pound pound for pound. He's up there. He's not scared. You know, he moved up to lightweight. And honestly, I think if he would have fought, not anybody. But almost anybody other than Makachev at lightweight, he, he could have he, won. He won. You know, the first fight especially. He could have won the first the fight. With a first fight, like, you're, you're pretty much there, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, he, he Only gave, losing three, three gave four Islam, fights since 2013, including the two fights at lightweight. I mean, he gave Islam a tougher time than any of the lightweights had. Right, than anybody. So, I think Volk, you know, even though it's the fifth pick, it's, That's a good pick. It's a fantastic featherweight, like you said, greatest featherweight of all time. I think I, w- I would say that. Alexander Volkanovsky, even though he just lost the belt, he held it for a while. He defended it. And since he had that haircut, since he went bald, he just went on a tear. Yeah, that's a great, great pick. I love Volk. I can't hate on, hate on that pick at all. Now we're going to go to my fifth pick. My fifth pick is also another double champ, one of the more recent double champs. One of my favorite guys to watch fight, and he speaks zero English. I'm going with Alexander, or not Alexander, Alex Pereira, Poton. He's fighting uh, at UFC 300 main event at to defend his 205 belt. One of the most exciting guys. Him and Izzy's rivalry is one of the most exciting things, not only in MMA, but like they carried that over from kickboxing. He's exciting. He cracks people. He hits harder than almost anybody you've ever seen. Oh. And it seems like it's still kind of going on with with Izzy on Theo this past week. Talking seems like about it could it. be going on. He has one of the the punchers in MMA where like it's lights out if he hits you. Oh yeah, it's like, one of those you don't want to get touched by. Like even like a samurai like Yuri Prohachev, he got he got knocked out. Yeah, absolutely. Pereira, crazy power, uh, double champ. This was more of a personal pick just because he's one of my favorite guys to watch fight, and I love him. He's so, a very entertaining fighter. I, I like that pick as well. So Alex Pereira, my fifth pick. So I, le- I was about to say, let's run it back and just list them all. Yeah, let's run it back. My number one was GSP, two, Anderson Silva, three, Amanda Nunez, four, Daniel Cormier, five, Alex Potom Pereira. I got John Jones, Conor McGregor, Habib Nurmagomedov. Kamaru Usman and Alexander Volkanovsky. UFC Vegas 87, 
in the Apex this weekend. We're going to cover the uh, the six-fight main card. And the first fight of the night is the opener, obviously. Wow. Of the main card. It wow. is a fight that we talked about earlier that should have taken place last week. It is Raul Rosa Jr., Ricky Turkeos. Uh, scrapped last minute last week. They moved it just a week later. So, obviously, Rosa Jr., Nothing too serious. Maybe he drank some of the, the water in Mexico or something. LOL. That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, we kind of talked about this fight last week. I think we both picked Rosa Jr. in the fight. Uh, we had. He's 2-1 and one in the UFC. Two finishes coming off of a win. Taking on Turkeos, who's also 2-1 and one in the UFC. Also coming off of a win. But all his fights have been the decision. Um, my mind has not been changed at all no. in the week of this fight not happening. I actually kind of like uh, Ricky Ricky less now because he was saying, like, Rosad dishonored the Bushido code. It's like, bro, you're from America. Chill. Um, you haven't fought in, like, a year at least. He and you fought don't... since November of 22. Right, so, like... I can what... see why you're frustrated if you finally got a fight for, like, a year and a half and then, like, <laughs> the dude, right when you're about to walk out. Yeah. Um, but at least you're fighting the next week. They are doing it at catch weight, so they don't have to like fully cut Recut weight again. again. Yeah, I guess like a partial, like just don't pig out. Maybe don't gain a bunch of weight and you're fine. Um, I like you. I haven't really changed my mind. At 19 years old, Raul Rosa Jr. is uh, two and one in the UFC. Like we said before, he's lost his uh, by decision to Christian Rodriguez. But what he did show in his brief time so far in the UFC was his ability to make adjustments if he's yes. not finishing the guy, the, his opponent. He responded very well after his first loss. Responded very well after his first loss. So I'm going to keep riding that lightning. I'm assuming, I assume, you said the odds were probably going to be about the same. I think they're going to be a little bit more in favor of Ricky. Yeah, I would think uh, so When they too. come out. Probably, I think it was like a minus 220 or something beforehand. I think it's probably going to be like a minus 170 favorite for Raul Rosa when they post the lines. But I still think Raul Rosa is going to win. And I think he's going to show Ricky why he probably needs to stop or maybe start fighting a little bit more actively. Yeah, so we're both still rolling with Rosa. Uh, let's move on next fight. Matt Schnell, Matt Danger Schnell, the 34-year-old American taking on Steve. Danger! Er Steve Erkeg. Is that how you say his name? I think it's Urseg. Urseg. Astro Boy, the Aussie. Uh, Schnell, 16 wins, 7 losses, 1 no contest. 6 wins, 5 losses, 1 no contest in the UFC. So he's batting about 500. Yep. And he's taking on Urseg, who's 2-0 in the UFC. Both of his wins are unanimous decisions. Yeah, Schnell uh, lately been on a bit of a skid. He's Lost won, 2 out of 3. Yeah, he won 1 in his last 4. And his last fight was a knockout. That he got knocked out, and that was all the way December of 22. Yeah, not great. Um, but he is a well-rounded fighter with dangerous ground game. Um, Urseg, though, he hasn't lost a fight since 2017, and that was in his regional circuit, meaning he's undefeated in the UFC. Um, but he's also comfortable on the ground. He's a, Yeah, he, he has a lot of uh, submission wins. So, you know, this is, this is one of those where... You know, both fighters are in the top 15. One interesting thing I saw, all Schnell's UFC losses have been by finish. Most of them TKOs. Urseg does not have a UFC finish yet and only has one KO in his career. So it's kind of interesting to see how this fight's going to go. Yeah, it's it's like a similar style fight, but somehow still a clash of styles at the same time. I think uh, Urseg's going to win. I think they're going to swap rankings 
Um, but I am kind of like you. I'm interested to see how this fight's going to play out, like exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, I think I'm rolling with Urseg too. Uh, not sure if he gets the finish, but uh, I'm going to roll with Urseg to stay undefeated in the UFC. All right, next, bantamweight division. That's 135 pounds, uh, in case my sister's listening. Umar Namagamedov versus Bekzat Almakan. Almakan making his UFC debut and he's facing a killer. 16-0 Namagamedov has two KO victories, seven subs, seven decisions. He's a minus 1,200 favorite for the money line. Yeah, by far the biggest uh, favorite in the card. Almakan is 14-1 in his career. He has 12 KOs, one sub, one decision, one his sub loss. All on his regional circuits. Nurmagomedov, 4-0 in the UFC. Three of those wins by finish with two subs, one TKO. So he's taking on a guy who's only losses by sub. So I think that's obviously going to be uh, Nurmagomedov's game plan is to go ground heavy in this fight. Because uh, how do you say the, the guy from Kazakhstan? Almakan. Almakan. Thank you. He, out of his 14 wins, 12 of them are by knockout. So he's a guy that likes to stand and bang. Yeah, this, this is that traditional uh, clash of styles. It's a rough way to get introduced to the UFC to the fighter Namaga Madoff. Dude, I like, I like the uh, like Superman versus Lex Luthor kind of thing here. It's like, it's just so wildly different here that I think Namaga Madoff's gonna get the quick finish, but it's, I think he might just get the KO. I think he's gonna come out and just kind of do something crazy unexpected i agree too i have umar winning both guys from around similar parts of the world uh and like that and also a big step up in competition a ufc debut from a regional circuit is a big deal well not only a ufc debut though you're facing a killer like yeah. you're not facing just like a normal non-ranked guy in the u like this is this dude's a future title contender in umar so i'm going with umar too so i think we agree with that yep so let's move on co-main event alex perez i'm sorry not co-main event the fight Coco, before the Coco main, main event. event. Alex Perez, the American, taking on Mohamed Makayev, the Englishman. Uh, Makayev, 11-0 with one no contest. He's 5-0 in the UFC with four sub wins. And he's taking on Perez, who has a lot more experience, 24 wins, seven losses, 6-3 and three in the UFC. And some of that experience is UFC back-to-back -back losses to champs, or yeah. former champs, two Pantoja, losses in a row. Figueredo. Exactly. So, I mean, two losses in a row, but... Those are the two killers. Right. Not really to take away from them, but you kind of have to point it out. You kind of have to point it out. It's not just losing the bums out here. Yeah. So it's, I think it's a big step up in competition for Makayev. Maybe not necessarily in terms of a huge step up, but he's facing a guy that's faced the best. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Makayev is 4-0 in the UFC, or 5-0 in the UFC, four of which were submission victories. Including his last one, which was in October against Tim Elliott. Yeah, he's got crazy range, great gown, great ground game, and honestly, if Perez, you know, doesn't wake up, Makayev is just gonna walk straight through him. I, I honestly think, I, I know Pantoja losses to Pantoja and Figueredo, you know, are still commendable losses, but Mokayev is out here. And he's looking to run through somebody. You know, he's he's coming out here hot. He's five and zero in the UFC. He's still only twenty three years old, too. What is that? Young, dumb, and full of cum. He's just ready to go. I think Makayev's going to get out here, get some work done. 
and beat Alex Perez. I think it's going to be a tough fight, um, but I agree with you. I think Makayev gets the win. I wouldn't be surprised if this thing goes to decision. Makayev has to uh, kind of eke this one out, but I'm, I agree with you. Makayev winning the fight. So now, now let's go to the co-main event. Now the real co-main. Vitor Petrino, merciless, versus Tyson Pedro. This is a light heavyweight fight. This one's... When you look at these two guys, neither one of them looks as big as they are. You know, Tyson Pedro, Vitor Petrino, they don't look like huge guys, but then you see their weight, 205. They're both 6'3", though. Yeah, exactly. It it spreads out well. Um, Petrino, he's undefeated, 3-0 in the UFC. He has one KO, one sub, one decision. So he does it every way. He can get it done. He's done it every way. He's got a little bit less activity on the ground overall. He fought in uh, November, though, and, and got the KO victory. So that was his last fight. Tyson Pedro has never won a fight by decision, which is a crazy stat. Yeah, five KOs, five subs. Yeah, just he only wins if you're, you know, and he's lost twice by decision. So when it goes to decision, he's, he's lost losing. 100% of the time so far. But he's six and four in the UFC, so he has a lot more UFC experience. But not as, but, you know, he hasn't been a little over 500, so he hasn't been the most successful thing. Uh, but he did win his last fight, which was a round one KO victory in September. So both the guys coming in with a little momentum in this in this fight. Uh, I think Petrino has more active hands, even though his ground game's a little bit, and not worse, it's just not quite as clean. Um, I think he's going to come out and get the victory, Vitor Petrino here. Yeah, I think Merciless stays undefeated, the Brazilian. Again, another young guy, only 26 years old. Pedro does have the age on him. Uh, 32 years old, but I think the young prospect rises to the occasion, gets it done. I'm going Victor Petrino as well. Sweet. So main event now. Main event. Jaron Zeno, Biggie Boy, Rosenstruck versus Shamil Gaziev. Heavyweight, heavyweight main event, so you know these guys are going to be banging. Banging, and it's probably going to be like a 48-second fight. <laughs> yes. Which we can we can hope for that. It's just... It's less less exciting when you get the 48-second fight because it's over as quick as it started. Rosenstruck is 7-5 and five in the UFC. All five of his losses have been by KO, which I saw was kind of crazy. Uh, and he has lost three out of four, including his last two. And he's taken on an undefeated Gaz- Gazaev, uh, the Bahrainian. But he's only 1-0 in the UFC. So this is a, uh, again, it's a guy. He's not age-wise. He's not that much younger than Rosenstruck, but experience-wise... One fight in the UFC compared to 12. How does this one go? Does the experience going to play a factor in this? Is there a guy ascending and a guy descending? How do you see this fight going? This one, Rosenstruck lost, like you said. He lost three out of his last five. He lost to Almeida, Volkov, and Blades. Nothing to shake your head out there. You know, those are, you know, big power guys. Go all, you know, crazy in their craft. I think in order for Gaziev to win, he's going to need to put Rosenstruck on the ground. You know, I think he's going to need to get the wrestling involved because that's where Rosenstruck is, you know, at his weakest. But there's a combined 20 KOs between the two here. It's it's going to be a yeah, powerhouse matchup. Be a powerhouse. I really think it's going to be a quick, less than five-minute fight. I agree. I think either way, this is a first-round finish. My, my favorite part here is that Rosenstruck has been in the UFC for a while. And Gaziev is facing that big step up in competition. 
That's why I want to lean with Rosenstruck. I think he's going to see his quick opening and clip him. So we're actually disagreeing on this one finally. I got Gazaev. I think uh, Rosenstrike, he's on the decline. He keeps getting finished. I think it continues. I think Gazaev gets the first round finish. Probably be a knockout over Rosenstrike. All right, so now it is time to recap last week's four stakes and takes. Uh, some good news and some bad news here. I did pretty good in uh, everything, and Christian didn't. That would be the good news and the bad news. Yeah, I think I dropped the first offer in bets we've ever had. Yeah, that was a goose. I've never... An offer 5, big goose egg. My soccer bets fucked me. I forgot about draws. Draws happen. Draws and then, happen. And then the two... Uh, Yair Rodriguez. Moreno and Yair, yeah. Yeah, Mexi- it was not Mexico's night at UFC Mexico for us. Um, I I went 3-1-1. and one. Rosa got canceled, moved to this week, so I get to live to fight another oh, day on that one. 3-1-1? Yeah. I went 0-5, as I said, the goose egg. Oof. Um, easy to calculate your units. You yeah. put two on all. Put 10 units in, got zero out. So that was a minus 10. That moves you to a... Uh, a minus 7.94 overall. So we'll keep track of we gotta that. Got to work our way back. Got to work our way back. It's a true underdog story now. It is. You know, you won last season. Or no, we tied last season. So it was a push. And then if we'd have just extended one more week, you'd have won. Two more weeks, I'd have won. So yeah. there we go. Um, yeah, 3 1 and 1. Rosa canceled for me. Rodriguez lost for me. That was my biggest bet. I put three units on that one. It was uh, unfortunate. But I got Braves beating the Rays in spring training, the Heat beating the Pelicans because I don't like Zion, and Kentucky beating Alabama. Fun times for me. Yeah, I thought Alabama was going to win that game. I I was surprised and disappointed. Uh, I did put 10 units in. I walked away with 11.94 units. It's not bad. So one I went went up 1.94 units two weeks weeks in a row, so I'm up 3.88. Um total standings for the weeks for picks i went six three and one i think you went four five and one yeah four five and one some more bad news there well let's just skim past still pretty good on the standings though 13 six and one for me six three and one in bets and you got 12 seven and one and four and six in bets oof but enough about us let's move on to this week all right let's go with the picks all four picks since we got six fights, we'll pick our own picks. Pick our own picks. I'm going to go with what I've been paying attention to most frequently and been best at. I got four NCAA basketball, four college basketball picks for this week. What you got? I got four soccer again. Are you, you now they, jumping back on the horse? They draw. Remember that. They draw, I know. But it's so hard to predict a draw. You're telling me. All right. You go first. So you want me to go all four picks? Yeah, since they're all soccer and all basketball, let's let's go to, I guess we'll go across the pond. Go first. across the pond. I got two in the English Premier League. Uh, first one, Nottingham Forest taking on Liverpool. Uh, Nottingham coming in, trying to fight relegation, 17th place right now. Liverpool fighting for the title, first place currently. They that play- sounds like a domination. 
They played earlier in the season. Liverpool won three nil. It was at Liverpool though. This one's in Nottingham, but I'm still going Liverpool. So Liverpool is my pick in that one. My other English Premier League game, uh, pick it every week. Arsenal going to Sheffield United. Another domination. Sheffield's coming in 20th, which is last place in the Premier League. Arsenal third, fighting for the title. So if you get relegated out of the Premier League, where do you go? To Home? The, you just can't play soccer anymore? No, there's a lower league, the championship. They went over this in Ted Lasso. I need to rewatch it, I guess. Yes. Well, Sheffield's pretty much guaranteed to get relegated at this point. 20th. Arsenal third, as I said. Uh, they played in October. Arsenal won 5-0. I think it's more of the same. Man, Arsenal has been on a scoring tear. They've been on a scoring tear. I think they continue it. I think they get the win. Uh, then I'm going to go to the Netherlands. PSV Eindhoven, first place. 21 wins, two draws, no losses all season in uh, the Ire Divise, as they call it. That's their league name? Yes. Man, that's sick. Uh, and they're taking on Fire Nord Rotterdam. Fire Nord is second place. Don't call me that. Uh, they've actually played three times this season already in different various competitions. Fire Nord's won one. PSV's won two of them. I think PSV continues. PSV at home, getting the win. And then the last soccer, I can call it a soccer game at this point because we're going back across the pond to America. Oh, we're close going, to where you're going to hand it off to me. Nice. We're, we're going to uh, Miami, in fact. We're going to visit Lionel Messi as Inter Miami plays rival Orlando City. Enter Miami, they've started the season with a win and a draw. Orlando has just the draw. Messi's already continued his form. He has a goal and an assist already. Uh, Messi has his old Barcelona uh, teammates now on the team with Luis Suarez. Isn't that crazy? They're all just coming to play with him. Jordi Alba. I think they continue. I got Miami winning. And then if you really want a little extra bet, Put a little money on Messi scoring a goal. Yeah, I think that's probably probably fair. At but this I got Inter Miami getting the win. All right, so I'll see your Miami. Just change the sport, or maybe not Miami. I'll see your Florida and change the sport. We got the Florida Gators taking on the South Carolina Gamecocks at South Carolina. I think the Gators rank twenty four overall, or I guess out of 25 because they only do 25 rankings correct uh taking on the Gamecocks they're 18th Florida's top 10 in points per games rebound and blocks I think Florida's gonna walk in and take care of South Carolina at home first up at South Carolina or at Florida at South Carolina it's a tough one but LSU did you see how LSU beat South Carolina this week a crazy no. buzzer what beater? do they do LSU sucks and they beat South Carolina by a buzzer beater at South Carolina that helps me that gives me even more confidence I didn't know that happened um, and then right by South Carolina, we're going to go on the bus with Tennessee to Alabama. The four taking on, Tennessee four taking on the 14 Alabama. Rivals, Tennessee and Alabama. I think the volunteers here are going to do work against Alabama. I think Kentucky was able to expose the weaknesses of Alabama and give really good tape for an even better school like Tennessee to... You don't you know, think Alabama just had a bad night and they come out and play their ass off and beat their rival Tennessee at home? No. No, not this time. Okay. I think this isn't the year for Alabama sports. Nick Saban just retired. I think Alabama's going to be at an all-time low for all, all sports. Next, I got the number seven, Kansas, at Baylor, 15. So McCullough's still going to be week to week. He's probably not going to play. I still think Kansas is gonna gonna win. Baylor shoots, you know, good shots deep. 
I, I don't have any issue with Kansas not having McCullough in there. And we're saying this as Kansas is struggling to beat a BYU team at home as we're recording this. Yeah, whatever. Okay, I mean, it's always hard to, to bet against Kansas, so. And I'm, not, I'm, try, I'm tilting my head so I can't see the game as... Well, it's a tie game. That's not good. That's not good. Anyway, last one for me, Gonzaga at St. Mary. Gonzaga is 23rd ranked. St. Mary's is 17th. Gonzaga's last loss. These are two best teams in there. You don't know this because you haven't been watching college basketball? Much, yeah, you're right. For the past like 20 years, these are the only two good teams in their conference. Nice. And usually every year, it's Gonzaga beating St. Mary twice. And then finally, this is the first year, not the first year, but one of the only years where St. Mary's looks like the better team. St. Mary beat them February 3rd. That's Gonzaga's last loss. Gonzaga's been on a tear after a slow start. Gonzaga has to go to St. Mary, and I think Gonzaga... The Gales is going to beat the Gales at home. Oh, so you got Gonzaga I think Gonzaga upset. has been the better team overall since the loss to St. Mary's. And I don't want to say that's you know has anything to do with each other. I'm just saying since February 3rd, Gonzaga has been playing like they want to avenge that loss later on in the, in the month. And I think, well, not later on in the month. By the time they play, it'll be like one month later. But by the time... You know, they get to play. I think they're going to be ready to avenge it. I think Gonzaga is going to beat St. Mary's. It's going to be one and one for the season. It's a bold pick, but I like it. I like it. That puts me, um, all four of my picks are the road team winning. Oh, that's not a good sign. That's (laughs) what I, especially in college basketball. That's, that's what I, that's what I made this week, guys. All away. We'll see how that goes. Um, so those are our picks, our pick around picks. What do you got for bets? So I got, uh, Three UFC and two college basketball. I got three UFC, two soccer. All right. Let's get the basketball out of the way. I got the Gators money line. I'm going to do two units on that. And then I got three units on Gonzaga. Oh, that's bold. That's very bold. They don't have lines out yet, so I can't really give you a a plus or minus. But, yes, I think think that's going to happen. You gave me your basketball. I'll give you my soccer. Uh, I'm going heavy Liverpool, four units, Liverpool minus 185. And I'm going two units, PSV Eindhoven at plus 105. And then I have three MMA bets after that. All right. So I'm, I'm going to repeat my Raul Rosa bet from last week. I'm going two units on him to beat Ricky Turkios. I didn't. Tercios. I didn't bet on him last week, but I'm betting on him this week. I'm putting one unit on Rosa Jr. minus 280. Nice, nice. Uh, I got Mohamed, Mohamed, Mohamed Mokaev minus 290. Two units on him as well. I also have Mokaev two units minus 290. Nice. Then I also, I took the main event on this one. I got Rosenstruck plus 125. Um, I put one unit on that. I think it's I think the odds are perfect how they are. It's a it's a toss up matchup. You know, it's it's somebody's gonna get clipped. I believe um, him or Gaziev. I think he's gonna you know inch out to win. I also took the main event, but I took Gaziev. Obviously, since I picked him. Yeah. I only put one unit on him, minus one fifty, but I got him beating Rosenstrike. That's my last bet. 
So I think that kind of wraps up our picks, kind of wraps up our bets, and kind of wraps up our episode. Uh, check us out next week with episode 35. We are going to recap UFC Vegas 87. We're going to preview one of the best cards of the year. It looks like UFC 299. Got that um, good DP on there. Got DP on there. We're going to see how we did on all these picks and bets we just went over. And we're going to give you a uh, special somehow Florida-related top five. So check us out. That'll be saucy. Okay, bye.